I get you right after eating that amazing, glorious meal. And your bellies are full. Okay, I learned a little trick. You can either do it with your ears, but I don't like doing it that way. But it has to do with your brain. You can do it with your legs too. So you guys are sitting down. So your knees are up like this. And you pat like on your, on your thighs, like each side. Yeah, and just kind of do that for it. No, you have to do both legs. You have to do like, like, yeah, yeah. And you're just, do you know what you're doing? You're actually waking up your brain for real. And you're making it go from this side to this side, to this side, to this side, like, and turning it on. Okay, good class. Thank you. Yes. You all get a golden star. <laughs> you passed. <laughs> there, there's another way. My friend was like, you know, she knows all this stuff about the brain and everything, which is so fascinating. Um, no, we don't have time. Um, so, <laughs> well, okay, I'll just tell you really quick. So, do you know, you know that verse that says, his mercies are new morning by morning? Yes. Do you know that when you go to sleep, Every night, God makes you have new baby neurons in your brain. And the neurons are the things that help you make connections. So that means a healthy brain. Um, so when we don't have a healthy brain, it, you know, the neurons aren't firing off right and all that stuff. So new baby neurons are formed every single morning. And depending on your first thoughts that you think in the morning, like, Lord God, thank you that your mercies are new morning by morning. And I get to start afresh and anew in you. What do you have today? Lord, this weariness that I feel, that's not from you. I give it to you. Lord, give me your strength and blah, 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 on and on and on. Training our thoughts and our minds to be the thoughts of God. You literally then send off those baby neurons to go and heal the places in your brain that are broken. Every single morning. But not if you're thinking thoughts like, this day stinks, I hate this day, I don't want to get out of bed, and you actually kill them. <laughs> so the brain. Okay, no, we're not talking about the brain. And we're not talking actually about mercy. <laughs> we're talking about grace. And I am ready, are you guys ready to lay hold of all that the Lord has laid hold of you? Yes? yes? In, in, in his grace, are you ready to walk the line like Lenya was calling us to? I've got my little blue ribbon on. Yes? Yeah. Ready. Um, well, it's funny because the Holy Spirit, we didn't talk. We were praying for each other, so spirit to spirit, but uh, not through email. He had me do, the next verse was Ephesians 5, 8. And you know, I already told you I'm going to be bouncing all over the place. Um, no slides again for you. <laughs> Sorry. should wait till the next one. Um, but it says, and Lenya talked about this. This was one of her scriptures. For ye were sometimes darkness, getting all King James on ya. Ye were sometimes darkness, but now ye are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Ooh, that is awesome. This is identity stuff again. This is destiny stuff. This is like my happy place. Um, you know, I had someone very, very, very close to me that I adore, that I love, that I am like in awe of their walk, everything. Um, and they went through a time in their life where it was a time of great, great oppression, demonically, oppression. 
which brought in depression. And then, of course, the physical. You know, we're not only spirit. We're not only body, you know, and then we're not only soul. But we've got all three parts of that working, and they all affect one another. So um, this person forgot who they were in this time. And um, nobody really knew who this person was. And I went on a run, and I remember saying, Lord, this person doesn't know who they are anymore because of what's going on in their life. But you know who this person is. You tell me, who is he? And the Lord spoke it so clear in my heart. He is a child of the light. He is a child of the light. You know, you can ask that with your, you know, about your kids when they're kind of doing the prodigal thing. My mom and dad had to do that with me for, for a while. Some people are like, aren't you just so blessed that you're, so my dad is a pastor also. I'm a PK. Um, and now I have PKs, pastor's kids. Um, and we're our own tribe. And, um, <laughs> uh, but, but um, you know, where they had to literally go, Lord, she doesn't know who she is. Who is she? <laughs> Can you tell me who she is? She's a child of the light. And people go, oh, Ray, look at your kids. They're serving the Lord and all this stuff. I mean, can you imagine, like, a pastor's wife? And my, my brother is a pastor, and I married a pastor. I tried to get away from pastors. It just... <laughs> wasn't in the cards. My dad's a pastor. And, um, and, you know, literally the Lord having to bring that to remembrance. And my dad goes, you know what? I'm just glad that she's saved. That's where we're, we're at that point. But he said, he's a child of the light. Most of us and the people around you do not know who or what they are. They have no idea. One of the single most detrimental tools of the enemy is to keep God's kids in the dark about who they are. Identity. It is everything. It is massive. You know, it was funny when she showed that clip about that guy walking, and he's like, if you were going to walk like a king, you know, you walk with, uh, he's, uh, like a robe is coming on in your, your Feet, your heels are lifted, and you walk with one foot in front of the other. When you know who you are, you even carry yourself different. You know that person who walks into a room, and their hair, I used to know this girl in the college group. I don't know how she lived life like this, but her hair was like this all the time. And she never looked at anyone in the eyes. She didn't know who she was, right? You walk different. You carry yourself different. We've allowed ignorance to put a heavy load of defeat, which brings with it its little friend of despair, and it is crushing. It's crushing. The word tells us, listen to this, you guys, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That's simply just not knowing the facts, not knowing the truth. We need to mature. I just heard this. We need to upgrade. You know, as women, we upgrade um, our hairstyles. We upgrade our shoes. We upgrade our house. We upgrade our phones. We need to upgrade the level of truth that we have in our lives. We need to upgrade our thought process, our perspective. I love this. The gospel should in no way condition Christians to be good losers. Ew. And that's, that happens. I hear a lot of messages like that. 
just be a good loser. It's like, what? We're winners. <laughs> you know what's so cool? Okay, I did cheat a little bit. I confessed and repented of it when I was a kid in school, and I loved Cliff Notes. Cliff Notes? Do you guys know it? Does anybody else? Any other tutors out there? <laughs> Put your hands down. You're in church. And... So I would get the cliff notes, and um, the Bible, my mom hates this. I've always called, the Bible is the cliff notes to life. I know it's a big book, but oh my gosh, to life and eternity. I mean, you know, all the answers. Who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose? I know all the answers to those questions. That's pretty powerful. That's kind of crazy. Talk about identity stuff. We win. You know, you go to the back of the book, and you can. Jesus, he'll let you. You can read the last. Are, who in there, out here is like the person who reads like the last chapter of the book? You people are so, you drive me crazy. One of my best friends does that, and I'm reading a book, and she'll be like, oh, yeah, I read. I was like, oh, my gosh. But with the Bible, it's okay. Please do. He comes back. He's on a white horse. Then we're riding with him and we win. We win. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and that it might have it more abundantly. It says gushing rivers of living water flowing from your innermost being. And how many Christians do you know that walk around like this? <laughs> Jesus is so good. I'm suffering for the Lord. <laughs> I want to be like you. <laughs> Looks so abundant. <laughs> it's just dead baby neurons. It's just <laughs> Jesus came to set the captives free. And to liberate us from a spirit of fear. If there is a spirit of fear that any of you came in here with, in the name of Jesus, be gone. Spirit of doubt, flee in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Spirit of worthlessness, you be gone and you have no authority here. We bind the strong man in the name of Jesus and we plead the blood over every single one of these women right now. Father God, thank you, Jesus. Hmm. Isaiah said, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. That's your inheritance. Do you know that? That is who you are. It is written, greater is he, say it with me, that is in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. You were once darkness. That was your identity. That was your name. But now you are light. Walk as children of the light. We can't pretend. We can't fake this walk. I'm excited because Lenya's going to talk about the Holy Spirit next. Woo! I'm so excited. We need the Holy Spirit. Uh, but that is your identity now. You are light. And sometimes we go through times where we forget. 
we have to be real good um, chin tilters. That's what I call it. I'm just a chin tilter up here, meaning we start the, you know, burdens, heaviness. So, oh, oh. and then, you know, you need a friend to just come and tilt your chin back up. He's coming back. There's your father. He's right there. He's with you. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Those are the things that need to come out of our mouth that fill our brains and our thoughts because that is the truth. That is who you are. Corinthians tells us first the natural and then the spiritual. Do you know that God, he's so good, and he knows. She was talking about how we teach our children to walk. I wasn't like, okay, Noah, take a first step, and then I pull the microphone in front of him and watch him fall and be like, ha, <laughs> you should have done better. What were you thinking? Run around that obstacle. Such a picture, first the natural, then the spiritual. If this room, all the lights were out, and I turned on one single little light, the darkness has to flee. We are not coming from a place of defeat. We have already won because of what Christ has done. We come as the rulers and the conquerors because we come in the name of Jesus. Who am I? Who are you? You are a chosen generation. That's who you are. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A peculiar people. <laughs> yeah, you're a little weird. It's okay. That ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Wherever you go, picture it. There is this shield of light that encircles you. Do you know in the spiritual realm, when you walk into a room and it's full of darkness, that the spiritual can see the light that lives and resides inside of you? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The last message that I spoke about, we talked about laying hold of that which hath already laid hold of me. That there's so much more, you guys. So much more that he wants to show us, that he wants you to, to experience in him so much more. And we talked briefly about the scripture that says that they limited the Holy One of Israel. Do you remember Jesus was going to go into a town and he goes, it says he could only do a few miracles there because of their unbelief. Yeah. And some people say, well, you got the gift of faith. And I believe that for so long. I have the gift of faith. And now I'm like, oh, goodness, no. I do not have that. The gift of faith can be like this. If, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to the mulberry tree, rise up and cast it into the sea. Crazy. But do you know what? Y'all have the gift of faith. You already have it. He has already given us all a measure of faith. And he says, if, if you just have it the size of a mustard seed, that was the smallest thing that Jesus could show them in a demonstration. It's like one of the tiniest, tiniest of seeds. You have that. So when I talk about don't limit the Holy One, I'm saying don't, don't limit the Holy One. What does he say? We need to have a childlike faith. We need to have an awe and a wonder. We need to think, my God is a good God who loves me. He's got good things for me today. What are they? I'm excited. It's an adventure with him. Believe. Believe what is written. Remember Jeremiah said, it was, uh, the Lord was saying to Jeremiah, for I will hasten my word to perform it. It's, it's all on him. It's all on your big, strong father. Father God, who is for you, who loves you, who has a future and a hope for you. 
Don't limit the Holy One. Believe. The scripture says that you are chosen, that I read there. It's from 1 Peter, actually. There is that grace again. You see, it's everything. Grace is all that you have and are. It is by grace. It is by grace alone. In my flesh, no good thing dwells. In Annie, ugh, not so good. <laughs> Trust me. But I'm in Christ. When Father God looks at me now, you know what he sees? Yeah, he sees Jesus. He sees Jesus. I died with Christ. And if you're born again, you have also. And now I got the life of God in me. Can you say that? I got the life of God in me. That's kind of like, is that like just, can anyone, ah, whoa. Because that is, what? Is that even scriptural? Yeah. Paul says, it's no longer I that live, but Christ liveth in me and through me. I'm a new creation. You're a new creation, literally, in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are made new. I love this verse. Faithful is he that called you. Who will also do it? He's going to do it in and through you. You see, it's never been about what you are doing or what you did or, or what you plan on doing. It's always been about what he did, what he's doing in and through you. Before, I told you that God looks at you and he says, I've made her a royal priest. Okay, and some of you are just looking back at me like, yeah, okay, what's the big deal about that one? Okay. That's in 1 Peter. And I thought, uh, we were doing 1 Peter in our women's study in the fall, and I was talking about a royal priesthood. And I was like, I'm a royal priesthood. How do I get these ladies and their lattes to care about being a royal priesthood? <laughs> and then I was like, do I care about being a royal priesthood? Priests. And at the time, I think the Pope was coming to America. <laughs> He's in his little Pope mobile and his little mincy Pope wave. <laughs> and that's what I thought about priests for my, you know, modern day vernacular. Yes, a visual there. I want to tell you something, though. The problem is never with the word. It's always me. It's when I'm taking the word and I'm coming through my lack of knowledge, right? Where it's through my lens, my perception, instead of going, Lord God, if you have said I'm a royal priest, then there's got to be something really amazing about that. What does that look like? What does that mean? And the Holy Spirit started to show me this picture and said, so take your little potemobile, wipe it clean. Listen to this. Only the high priest was the one who would get to go into the most holy place and at that one time a year and never without the blood for the sacrifices. They had to be in a right stand, a right place. Lots of ceremonial things, lots of washings and cleansings and coming in a very prescribed way. Do you know what this means though? This is in other words to make us want to be royal priests. In other words, the holy of holies was where the manifest presence of God was. We're talking about the Shekinah, you guys. It's called the Kabad, the weight of glory. That is where the high priest could go. 
When Jesus, the perfect, sinless, spotless lamb was slain and he was offered up, you know that veil that stood in between the Holy of Holies, the, where the manifest presence of the glory of God was. There was, I think it was 18 inches thick. That was, yes? Thank you. Yes. Good job. Uh, that's really big, like really big. In between where the people could come and then the presence of God. And when Jesus died on the cross, do you know what Father God did? He took it and rent it from top to bottom torn in two, no longer standing there in between. No longer do we fear going behind the veil. Do you know that the priests would actually have to wear, this is so crazy, I'd be freaking out. You're like, what an honor. And you're like, put your bells on. They would have to, <laughs> they would have to put little bells on their feet and a rope around their waist because once they went into the curtain, if they didn't do it in the right way, because God is so holy, and he would have to judge when something wasn't done in the right way and was in unholiness, he would have to judge. And the priest would fall down dead. And if they didn't hear the little bow jingle of the bells on the priest, they would pull him out by the rope because they couldn't go in themselves. Wow. Wow. That's pretty crazy. You know that song, that worship song? Do you guys know the song that says, um, Lord, show me your glory. I'm not afraid. I'm not going to sing for you. <laughs> Do you know that song? Show me your glory. I'm not afraid. We don't have to be afraid any longer because now when God, the Father, looks at you and me, he sees his son. We are clothed in his righteousness. Jesus has made us the righteousness of his son. This is amazing grace. Now, I want to be a priest I want to be a priest. Make me a priest. Make me a priest. All of a sudden, I was like, I want to be where the glory is. I want to see you. I want my face to shine like Moses' face shined. Like, just change me. Take it. What? I want to go. I want to be a priest. Do you guys want to be a priest? Yeah. yeah. We don't have to be afraid. No more bells. Bells are gone. I want to be a priest. And then, you know what the Lord does in Revelation chapter 1? He goes, Annie and all of you guys, he hath made us kings and priests. Done. Half. So, Annie, put your hand down. Yes, I see that hand. You are a priest. I am. I can go into the Holy of Holies. I can go where you dwell. You dwell in me. Radical. Grace is that God gave us Jesus, our holiness. Okay, I'm going to read a lot of things to you right now. Again, it's a washing over moment, so don't. You can try to take notes, but you won't keep up. Lenya's coming. I read... <laughs> This broken down as such, and I love it. It kind of broke down some, I mean, every line of this could be like a, you know, seminar on each line. But I just, I like big, if you've noticed. I like the big picture. You know, the Bible is big. It's a whole story from the beginning all the way to the, you know, and then the end isn't when he comes back. That's just turning the next page for the next eternity. <gasps> okay, saving grace. I'm going to start with saving grace. Saving grace, Christ for me. He came for me. And you should have your finger pointed towards your chest. Not, well, you don't have to. You can do that if you want. You guys are, you're with me. Yay. Okay. Hey, Jesus is good. Okay. He came for me. He died for me. He ascended to the right hand of God for me. He daily makes intercession for me. He is coming back for me. He is for me. 
He is for you. That is saving grace. Sanctifying grace is Christ in me. That's the sanctification. Christ in me, my holiness. Christ in me, my peace. Christ in me, my joy. Christ in me, my strength. Christ in me, my joy. Christ in me, my sufficiency. Christ in me, my wisdom. Christ in me, my victory. He is in me. What? Yeah. Thanks. It's like, I'm with you. Wow. Then there's the reigning grace. Is Christ through me? He, it's, that is the amazing part. He doesn't need us for any of this. He doesn't need me. You think the world revolves around you, but it doesn't. He doesn't need me, but he wants me. He wants you. He chose you. He picked you. Do you ever, you know, go for the teams and they would pick the teams for like dodgeball and they were, you know, they're like, I'd rather pick the plant than that one. You're like, (laughs) okay, good to know. Um, But no, Christ says, and now I, I want for my kingdom to come here on earth, my will be done as it is in heaven through you, my royal priests and kings. It's wild. Okay, reigning grace. We're going to keep going. Christ through me, my fruit. Christ through me, my witness. Christ through me, my compassion for the lost. Christ through me, my character. Christ through me, my worship. Christ through me, my prayer. Christ through me, my ministry. It's all dependent on him. So if you came into this room this morning, Jesus, <laughs> let me just take that off of you right now. Just take it off. You can. It's a choice. You just go, I don't want it anymore. I give it to you. Then we have redeeming grace. Christ died as me, came in flesh. He died as my substitute. He paid my debt. He died that I may not die. He became son of man so that I might become son of God. He came into time and space and matter that he might take me to eternity. He is my elder brother and my kinsman redeemer. And then there is the sustaining grace. This sustaining grace is because he lives, so I also live. We have a living hope. Our God is not dead. He is alive. I was raised up with Christ. He is the new man in me. He will keep me from falling. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. I shall abide in his temple forever. Hallelujah. Now, the last one I want to pause just a little bit slower on, um, go a little bit slower about the glorifying grace. I like the glory, such good stuff. You see, we got to be women of the word. You got to get into the word. You're like, I don't get it. I don't get anything. Why do I got to read Leviticus? Just do it. (laughs) I don't want to read Deuteronomy. I don't want to do it. I mean, some of you, I have a friend who doesn't like water. And you're like, why don't you like water? It doesn't taste like anything. She's like, it tastes gross. <laughs> it doesn't have any taste. <laughs> she needs to drink water. It's good for her. She will die if she doesn't drink water. 
You guys, we got to go through the word. We got to know the word because, well, okay, no, another message. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Stay focused. Oh, no, it's in my notes. Okay. Um, <laughs> there is no pretending. We need to be renewed in our thinking. Yeah. Our thinking is broken. It is jacked. It is not okay. It is wrong. Oprah, you are wrong. No one has their truth. My truth, my truth. It's like, no, your truth. <laughs> Disney. I keep telling my daughter, Disney is, and I tell my women all the time, it's like, Disney is always their message is, follow your heart, follow your heart. <laughs> Look at the princess, she followed her heart. And I'm like, your heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Don't follow your heart. Lies. It's bad. The heart wants what the heart wants. Like, a healthy dose of death and destruction. No. We need to be renewed by the truth, the word. Look at science is catching up. Remember I told you about your baby neurons? And that is literally, that's in scripture. Morning by morning, his mercies are new. That is scripture. I could, there's so many things in science. They are catching up. It's really good. Proverbs. <laughs> we don't have to fear science. God made science. He likes science. Yes. Um, Proverbs. Ooh. As a man thinks, so he is. Or King James Version. Yes. Yes. Did you guys hear that? Okay. That's huge. So what we need to do is have our mind be filled with the word of God. Because that's truth. That's identity. That's destiny. And when my mind is filled with the word of God, which is alive, the logos, then all of a sudden it's the thing that fills my heart. And it's the thing that fills my mouth. And then it comes out. And we're going to talk about how it gives life. It's so crazy cool what God did. You see, the word tells us that Jesus came. Listen to this. Have you ever heard about this? Jesus came as the second and last Adam. You guys heard that before? The second and last Adam. And do you know what it says about the second and last Adam, Jesus? This is, you could write this down. He's a life-giving spirit. The second and the last Adam came as a life-giving spirit. The first Adam, you know what he was? He was a living being. That's what the word told, tells us. The first Adam was a living being. Wow, look it, he's alive. I mean, that's amazing. He's alive. God made him alive. But the first one was alive, and then the second, a life-giving spirit. He was a life giver. He continues to give us life right now. Listen to this, our thinking and our logic and our understanding so much of the time is formed and fashioned off of the logic of the first Adam. I'm still living that way. I'm still thinking that way. Uh, and, and then, you know, if I think fear, do you know that fear responds and comes upon me? You will be a person of fear if you think fear. Do you know that? It's true. It's so true. We could go on and on about that alone. But we just went through what Christ has done for us because of his grace. The old things have passed away. All things have been made new. 
We're a new creation in Christ and your life, my life is born after the second Adam, a life-giving spirit. There is so much power in this tongue. And, and you know what? It actually kind of, whatever's coming out of it, it says it's coming out from the wellspring of your heart. It's who you really are. Oh, and I'm really good with my tongue. I'm so, I'm in a bad way. Like I'm quick and I'm just, you know, I can, I used to walk into a room and and there's body parts all around and be like, you know, in the name of Jesus. The Lord's like, so in your flesh, what you thought you were doing, you just filleted everybody around you. Do you know what I've been praying? Lord, put a guard over my mouth cleanse this tongue. I am now filled with the life-giving spirit, and I have the life of God in me, and the ability through the Holy Spirit, through the transforming of the word of God, to be a life-giver wherever I go. And so do you. How, I mean, talk about destiny and identity. I want my life to count. I want it to matter. Wherever you go, you can bring life. Is that powerful? I mean, that's amazing. Okay, look up with me. I'm going to kind of close out here. Romans 8. Uh, just blow your mind with a little more truth. Romans 8. Um, we'll start at 12, but we're really going to get into verse 14. Okay. Uh, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Major bummer. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. In verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Sons of God of God. Hmm. The word that I will butcher now is huos, H-U-I-O-S in the original language for son. And it doesn't mean necessarily the birth of like a natural son, but it's the mature son that he's talking about right there. The mature son, the son that's been raised up by you. He says those sons that have been led by the spirit Those are the sons of God. You see, I love this verse. The psalmist tells us, listen to this. Moses knew the ways of God, but the children of Israel knew the acts of God. So one knew the ways of God, one knew the acts of God. Look at the children of Israel. They knew the acts of God, and they were always misstepping, right, with God. It was kind of always like, oh, okay, no, he's blessing us. No, he's, and they were, it was a misstep constantly where Moses was the friend of God, and it says that he talked to him. It's like a friend face to face. The option and the choice is set before you now. Do you want to be like Moses where you know the ways? And what that means is you know how he thinks. God actually wants his mature sons to be led by the Spirit so that you actually have the mind of Christ, it says. You actually know why he's doing what he's doing, and you know it before he even does it. Wow. That's a possibility. That's that's something that is given to us as a gift. 
to be a son of God, mature, to know how he thinks, to know how he thinks. But you're not going to do that without getting into the word of God and being led by the spirit. Verse 15, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. And then verse 16, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. You know, when you know that you know that your knower knows that you know, and I know. How do you know? I know. I know. I'm his. I belong to him. My spirit bears witness with his spirit. I am his daughter. Mm. Ooh, okay. Verse 17. And if children, then heirs. If you are a child of God, you are an heir with God of God. See, we, we stop. We keep coming. Remember the breadcrumbs? The Lord keeps wanting you like, okay, yeah, put that sin down and do, you know, please read your Bible. I have good things I want to give you. And he's like, but I have so, so much more to show you than just keep telling you that same message over and over again. I want to talk to you about your airship. I want to start getting you so kingdom-minded that when you walk into a room, you can literally feel your presence, the sphere of light coming into the room, and the darkness is afraid of you. Amen. Yeah. That's out there. I'm looking for you, ladies. <laughs> like, so amazing. An heir of God. And then, and then, wait, continue. Heirs of God... He's like, and it's almost like, did you, hello, did you hear what I said? And children, then heirs. And then there's a little slash there. And he says it again, hello, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. See, he's coming back for us. <laughs> Co-heirs, co-heirs with Christ, ruling and reigning. I heard it said this way before. This is not for your brain. It's too much. I mean, I just stop at salvation, that you would die for me. Christ died for me while I was yet in my sins. How? Why? And you just grapple there. And he goes, can we? Okay, yes. And we never get away from that. But I also want to talk to you about how you're a co-heir with Christ, my son, who is your elder brother now. You're like, ow. And my brain says, nope, no, we can't, we can't compute. And he goes, it's not for your brain, it's for your spirit, and your spirit can receive it. That's its truth. It's truth, joint heirs with Christ, not co, co-heirs, actually. It says joint heirs. Co-heirs, listen to this, can, you can divide the inheritance up if you're a co-heir, like I get, you know, I get 50 and you get 50. <laughs> but if you're joint, it's 100% all yours with him. Wow. Wow. If you're children, if you're God, then you're God's heirs. And then, so here's that glorifying grace. The glorifying grace. It has seated me with Christ in the heavenly places. <laughs> I am a joint heir with Christ of all things. He has given me all things already pertaining to life and godliness. Um, Sean and I went to uh, Armstrong Forest. Yeah? Woods. Woods. 
Woods, not a forest, it's woods. <laughs> Say again, never the cool kid. <laughs> and <laughs> it's okay. Um, Emma, I'm reigning with Christ. I'm all right. Um, see, you're never, you're never a loser. You're always a winner. Um, so we're walking through there, and you, you know, the, it's like the seed of these tr- massive trees, where it's like one of them was like, I don't remember the names, General Tree something or whatever. Like, there, it's 13 feet around, you know, in diameter or something. It's uh, 300 and one was 308 feet tall or something. I mean, you just you're staring up like this. And you know what is so cool? That that tree came from a seed. Everything that was needed for that tree to become what it was was found in the coating of the little seed. Everything it needed. And that's the same thing with us in Christ. He says everything needed pertaining for life and godliness, for you to walk more and more into your priesthood, for you to literally know that you're a king and to believe it and walk in it. Or you kind of start with that picture again of your you know, slideshow. You're trailing <laughs> under Christ. All things pertaining to life and godliness, he has given to us. It's just a matter of us maturing. It's just a matter of us laying hold more of it, okay? We are partakers of the glory of God. Jesus gave us the glory of the Father. We were chosen to inherit the kingdom. Jesus said, this is Jesus. He says, so you don't have to believe me. Jesus says, it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He goes, don't worship the angels. You're going to rule and actually reign over them later. I mean, right now, if we saw one, we'd all be on our face, you know, flat and saying, you know, dying. He says, get up. What is the point? Annie, blah, blah, blah. What is the point? The glory of the Lord is being imparted to us in an ever-increasing measure. You are the one who gets to decide how much. How far? I stop here. I'm good. This is good. And he will respect that line. But it's up to you if you want more. You can't get to the end of it. As we fix our eyes on Jesus daily and we make him our everything. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amazing grace. Let me pray for you. Lord, A lot of truth, a lot of things for the brain that is hard to compute. But Lord, out of all of that, that is your word. You will be faithful to let it land in the hearts of these women, in my own heart, Lord God, to lay hold more of this truth, this grace that is so amazing and so undoing. But we can't stay in the place of being undone because then you say, and now I've got things for you to do, things to show you, things to experience. More gifts, more, more love, more life, more darkness dispelled. So Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would keep us um, attentive. We have one more message, Lord God, and then another chance for any who are not found in you, are still in darkness, are not a daughter of the king of kings, and this, these promises are not for them, that all they have to do, they're going to get another chance 
to walk into eternity today and that they would not harden their hearts. This is the day of salvation, like you say. We, we hear your word, and, and that, that spirit starts to work in us. And we know the truth. Don't let us harden our hearts, Lord God. And for any women who need to recommit and just make a stand and make you everything and say, I've been settling for the breadcrumbs. I haven't been walking the line. I haven't been interested in being a priest. I don't know what that means. But Lord God, that their appetites would be brought up today where they're hungry for the things of righteousness and the things of God, the things that pertain to life. Hmm. Lord, you want to give us abundant life. So now let us lay anything down that would hinder you. You know, Lord, one of just a quick thing that you're bringing to my mind, unforgiveness, Lord Jesus. You tell us, sometimes it says people are sick because of unforgiveness. People are literally in torment because of unforgiveness. There's blessings being withheld because of unforgiveness. So right now, Father God, by the power of your spirit, I pray that if there's anyone that we need to forgive and not hold captive anymore, Lord God, we would just, and it's a choice. All we would say in our hearts is, Lord Jesus, I choose to forgive, and you fill in the blank. And most likely there is more than one. Lord Jesus, I choose to forgive so-and-so. Lord Jesus, I choose to not be easily offended and forgive such-and-such. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would forgive my mother for this, my father for that, my husband for this, my kid for that. Lord God, let us lay down unforgiveness. It is a powerful tool that you have given keys to literally unlock the door of our cell and set the captives free. Talk about it, Lord. So even now, I pray that, that some people would be getting set free just with forgiveness. Because you have forgiven us everything. We cannot hold anything against anyone because we have been so greatly loved. And all has been forgiven. Our debt was huge. It was massive upon penalty of death. And you took it for us. So now, Lord, just flood all of us with your love, every place, every nook, every cranny, oh, Lord God, to overflow. In Jesus' name, amen.